Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. My name is Andrew, joined by my good friend, John. John, how are you? Hello, sir? hello. I'm doing great today. How about you, Andrew? I'm good, man. It's a Friday, you know, half day Fridays over at Beefy now. I know, I'm loving and, uh I've been, I've been liking that, you know, I live an hour away from the office. So having the extra time to be able to go do some chores before the end of the day yeah. on Fridays has been very good for my mental health. And because, full disclosure, yeah. I forgot my computer charger today and I'm really glad that I can go get it before my computer will die. Yeah, there you go. See, yeah. you're good. You're good to go. Only because of half day Fridays. That's right. We have got a great guest lined up for you guys. But before we get into the intro, before we, we before we make it formal, we like to kick things off with an icebreaker. Ice, icebreaker. All right, Lori, here goes. If you could get any exotic animal as a pet, what would you get and why? And keep in mind, laws don't apply for the purposes of this conversation. Oh. There are no laws. Okay, goodness. Any, any. Exactly. Any. any. <clears throat> oh, my. Um, there's so many to choose from. The uh, first thing that comes to mind is the lion. And yeah. The, the song, The Lion Sleeps Tonight, is in my head right now. For some, <laughs> for reason, some reason, as soon as you said that. <laughs> um, but I just think, like, they're they're majestic. They're, you know, the king of the jungle in charge, yeah. but, like, super chill and mellow. And, like, that's kind of my personality and vibe. So yeah. I like that. I was going to yeah. say Tiger, but due to the recent Netflix documentary, Tiger King, <laughs> yeah. I that, that could be odd. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided not to go with Tiger. Um, there's this little guy called a squirrel monkey. You can oh, Google yeah. him. He's pretty cute. Um, so look up squirrel monkeys. I think that a squirrel monkey would be cool. There's also this little white bat that looks like a teddy bear. He yeah. was also pretty cool as I did my exotic animal research. <laughs> um, and then I think if I could have a baby lion or a baby panther only during oh, the baby yeah. stage, sure. that would be fun. Yeah. But only yeah. baby. I don't yeah. want to get eaten, you know. <laughs> yeah. John, what about you, John? <laughs> well, I want something that's definitely going to eat me. It's almost impossible to keep one in captivity, too, so it's the perfect hypothetical answer for this question. I would like a great white shark. Ooh, be dangerous. the most baller aquarium you have ever seen. <laughs> However, cool. I don't know that you would be able to play with it very much, or like I wouldn't want to get in the water with it. But if it was your pet, but well, if it was your pet, it would if it was domesticated or not. And we don't even know. Could you There's ride no. the shark? Because if you could ride the shark, like I like Ooh. the that would be cool. Their skin's really tough, though. It'd probably tear your hands up. Oh, huh. see. I, I don't did, know enough I about know great whites. Yeah, yeah exactly. neither do I. It's smooth one way. It's really rough the other. Interesting. If this is your first time listening to this show, this is definitely a business podcast. You're Absolutely. You're listening to us talk about great white sharks and baby monkeys and such. But Lions. I, I, I just like to start the, the show off with a little silly conversation. It makes a, yeah. you know, it, it, it lightens it up. Sets a tone, a sets the stage, yeah. Exactly, cool. exactly. All right, well, let's do an, a formal introduction. Lori Hybe is a podcast host, a speaker, an educator, and the founder of Keystone Click, a strategic 
digital marketing agency, Lori carries her energy and drive into her professional engagements in order to empower and educate other fellow lifelong learners. When she's not guiding clients or teaching agency account executives how to reach professional excellence, she can be found playing hockey. That's badass. Brewing beer with her husband, Andy, or going on ridiculously long bike rides just to see if she can. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. Don't know what we're talking about, but it's going to be great. That is how we roll. Okay? I love it. This is non-formal. It. It's a Friday. If we could all have a beer in our hands right now, that would be even more preferable. But you know what? It's okay. We're at work. We're going to just make the best with what we've got. So I've got to start with that question. How in the world did you and your husband get into brewing? Oh, well, we started making wine first and then um, and then shifted to beer. And I don't know. We have a lot of friends that do it and we're intrigued and fascinated by it. And I'm just uh, the type of person that if... I'm interested in something. I want to like figure out how it's made and how to do it and see if I can do it myself. So, so did you guys, did you guys own like land and space that you were able to do? Cause like wine, like can you, can just like a regular Midwesterner like in their house make wine? Yes. With just like local store bought grapes? Yeah. We didn't buy grapes. We bought the juice. The juice. Already pressed, which actually it's super easy to make wine. You just add yeast to the Mm -hmm. juice. And then, and then it's like fermented. It, Is that basically? Sit. Yep. Yep. Let it sit. Um, what, and, well, what's no, the difference between wine and mead? Is there a difference <clears throat> between mead and wine? Well, mead is made with honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, mead is honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I don't know. I don't know anything. You're teaching me things today. <laughs> and what, so I could literally just, so is there like stores that sell like wine Absolutely. making? Yeah. And beer. So um, Northern Brewer is the company that we've typically gone to to get all of our supplies so there is a shop in in milwaukee here that um that we can go to but you can buy other stuff online too that is really really cool so yeah. is it a side hustle is it just for oh, fun this is, is a just a for fun just for fun yeah i'm not i don't i don't want to make money off of these types of things that my hobbies are my hobbies okay. for a reason you know got i it. got a business and yeah, my hobbies are like the, the these are my fun things yeah. See, I struggle with that. I have not found in my professional career, I feel like once I start liking something or my hobby, like my entrepreneur gears just like are like, oh, <laughs> oh money. money. Like, this is cool. And which has been problematic the further I've aged because it's like, I don't have any hobbies that aren't work. Mm-hmm. So well, that's exactly you- <laughs> why I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it something you've always been pretty good at? Have you been able to balance that out pretty well? Or is it something you had to kind of like uh, stop gonna, yourself I'm from wanting s- to? I would stop myself because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that like entrepreneurial mindset, like, oh, how can I make money doing this? And I mean, you talk like pivot, you know, the word we're not supposed to use anymore. Oh, I love that. There was, there was a lot of um, things I was doing that I'm like, oh, I could I could start a business doing this. I could start a business doing that. But the reality is I focus my energy and say my number one business is my agency and if i'm gonna spend any time trying to make more money i need to just put that energy into the business and then keep my own personal hobbies my fun time my free time and then there's way less pressure to try to like knock everything else out of the park you know yeah i like that yeah that's like i said that's definitely been some an, an area i guess i have a lot of opportunity in because i do see things and just my entrepreneur gears are just like Oh, we can do this. And it's funny too, because I'm working on a book right now and it's called Never Start a Business. And the <laughs> idea behind the book is is kind of 
telling a, a, a new entrepreneur, someone who's considering starting a business, like the things to maybe steer clear of, like just because you're like a hobby, like hobbyist does not mean you should own a business doing it. Just because Correct. someone said you're good at it doesn't mean you should have a business doing mm-hmm. it. So it's something that like I, like I know, like I know that I shouldn't just turn my, like, cause it's like with me, like I like kayaking and I'm like, Hey guys, like how can we get into the outdoor like space? Like how can we get into that outdoor marketing world? Cause I would la- I'd rather be kayaking all day than working on WordPress websites. But um, <laughs> that, I don't know. That's just, that's my mind. So that's really cool. So how did you get into the world of marketing in the first place? Is that, was that always your career? Or is this something you kind of stumbled into? No, I, I um, actually started going to school for uh, commercial art, which just dates myself a little bit because I feel like, no, that's commercial art classes aren't available anymore. It's more like graphic right. design or graphic whatever. Design, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but when I was in school, I took a, a sociology class and was like fascinated by how messaging and visuals have an impact on people's decision making. And that's when I actually really learned, was interested in marketing. So I switched my major and then you know went to school for marketing. I've always worked agency side. I worked at two other agencies before dipping my toe into the crazy entrepreneurial world of running your <laughs> yeah. own agency. Um, and yeah, I haven't, haven't looked back. It's, it's something I'm extremely passionate about and I love learning it. I love teaching it and I love doing it for our clients. That's amazing. So how long have you had your own agency? Like how long has it been your business and not working for someone else? Yeah, this is our 15th year. Like wow, mine is you. like, boom, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we started ours actually two days ago, two days ago, we celebrated our 10 years. Awesome. Congrats. That we've, that we've been doing this. So that's, that's incredible. Like it feels like it was yesterday. Like I just for had sure. breakfast with one of my good friends who like used to like help me like when I first started the business and he's like, He's like, how long was it like ago was it that I was like working in your apartment with you on this business? And I was like, 10 years ago. Like mm-hmm. it's really been 10 years. Like this is crazy. So uh that that's really amazing. So how has your agency evolved? Like where did you start and like where are you at now in terms of like your core service offering and, and sure. the things that you offer clients? Yeah. So when I started it, we strictly did website design and development. And that was it. Um I mean, social media channels were barely a thing even, you know, Facebook was kind of just starting to get a little bit more momentum exiting the college only space until like everyone was starting Mm -hmm. to use it. Um, And, you know, people would come to me and say, well, hey, how do do I get found on Google? And my previous agency role, that's what I was doing, SEO and PPC before it was like acronyms that everyone knew. Um, Exactly. And I would just tell my clients what they needed to do. And they're like well, can you do it for me? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, <why not? laughs> yes. Um, I don't know why I didn't even think about like offering these other services. Um, so yeah, just, you know, the natural evolution of the internet and the web and digital has really evolved our business based on, you know, there's new things up and coming and clients are asking, Hey, can you do this for us? So I'm going to figure it out. Um, and my mentality has always been to try to at least stay one step ahead of our clients' education when it comes to these mm-hmm. new channels and tactics. Um, and a few years back, uh, I kind of really decided instead of just jumping into Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and just producing stuff, like let's be a little bit more strategic about this. And so that's where we've repositioned our whole approach and philosophy to let's do the research. Um, be confident in the plan that we're putting together and the message, a channel, um, you know, how we're going to distribute it. 
um, and build a whole strategic plan and then support the full implementation of that plan. And um, that's been a major shift for our business. And that's where we are today. So we do all the fun digital things, um, but put a lot of emphasis on the research and the strategy. That's awesome. So how do you approach like a small business comes to you and says, hey, like we're really struggling. We're trying to level up. It's, you know, maybe where you took a revenue hit because of the pandemic or like whatever their story is. Right. What is your approach? Like, how do you help them kind of uncover and discover what it is that they not only need, but how you can best serve them? Sure. Um, Well, you know, there's that whole just understanding their business and what their goals are. And I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of the start with the end in mind. You know, we have to figure out what it is that we're trying to achieve before we even decide what it is that we need to do. Um, And then looking at where they are, where they want to be, and then really reflecting and evaluating where are they today? Because you can't build that roadmap until you know what point A and point B are. Mm -hmm. So um, there's just a lot of, you know, digging deep. And I always refer to it as peeling the onion type questions that kind of go, you know, asking why and how and why and how. Um, to get to that root cause of whatever the challenge is that's going to um, give us the insights and data to say, this is what we need to do to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that should be the way every agency approaches a relationship. Yeah. And it's so hard. We talk about this often on the show because there's this, like this new weird birth of like, anybody can be an agency owner yeah. on social media right now. <laughs> And it's like, no, you can't like, I mean, sure, you can white label and sell somebody else's services. Sure. But like, that's not an agency like like you and I know it, right? Mm-hmm. Where we really have like deep relationships with our clients and understand the ins and outs of their businesses. And honestly, like our businesses are very much like, like, I don't even know how to explain this. Like, a, we have to kind of emulate them. We have to understand their mm-hmm. persona, their audience. Mm-hmm. We have to learn their industries. Um, is that something, Have you have you found that, there's one industry that you guys really serve the best or do you guys have a kind of a blanket of industries that you guys serve? Yeah, good question. So um, I we actively target the industrial manufacturing space. However, we have clients in all buckets. Yeah. Um, so I, B2B is definitely, I would say like 80% of our business. We, we still have some consumer-facing um, clients that we work with, but um, I very much believe that the process we practice will work for any and all clients. Um, but the B2B stuff is where I actually have a little bit more passion because it's a longer sale process. It's a longer yeah. nurturing relationship. Um, it's a lot of focus on the value add education type content. Um, and that's something I just, education is something I'm passionate about to begin with. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you have a podcast, obviously, just like us, we're all podcasters, right? It seems like right now, everybody mm-hmm. podcasting is the hot thing. I, I, I was actually really intrigued by the name of the show. It's called Social Capital. Is that right? Yep. I've got two shows, How? actually. But yeah, oh, you have we'll two? Talk. Okay. What's yep. the second show? It's called A Broadcast for Manufacturers. Okay. So one's like really industry specific, which uh-huh. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same wavelength. Like it. <laughs> the, the Social Capital one, obviously, the name really kind of caught my attention and I was like, what? Like, I'd like to know more about that. Like, how did you come up with the name? What is kind of the overall, um, you know, message of the show? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, when I I started this, I want to say it was 2017. When, yeah, I think so. When I started the, sh- the show and I wanted to identify a topic that resonated with everyone, all business owners, you know, not not going deep, but going wide. And networking is the one thing that all business owners really need to do. And that's where I realized um, that's what social capital is all about. It's, it's, you know, creating those 
relationships and how it's going to help you to grow your business. So um, that show, I, I interview professionals um, globally on the topic of networking and how it's helped them get to where they are today in their professional careers. Uh, That's cool. I took a little bit of a pause, but I'm turning it back on again. I am going to redirect it a little bit more closer attention to just marketing and networking yeah. and not, not as broad as it was before. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's a great experience. I'm sure you, I'm podcasting like far exceeded my expectation from producing content, but it's more like meeting the amazing people that you meet and the mm -hmm. things that you learn. I love it. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely the medium that we thrive in. I mean, mm -hmm. not only do we produce a lot of shows for our clients, but we also do two shows internally as well. Yeah. We have this show that me and John host. And then we have another show that uh, we actually have another guy named John that works here. Mm -hmm. uh, our other John, um, he actually hosts a show called Small Business Origins, which is very similar to the show that you're doing, where we're really telling the stories of business owners and their stories and how they got where they're at today yeah. and, and kind of just uncovering that. And it's been somebody used to always tell me when I was early in my business days, like, you need to expand your circle of influence. You need to expand your circle of influence. And I never quite understood what that meant. Like, mm -hmm. I was just like, what does that even like? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. You know, like. I have friends. I know these people. Like that's all. Like I didn't get it. <laughs> and then the podcast really helped kind of fully bring that to light. It was like, totally. oh, like I don't have to just talk to the people at the Chamber of Commerce networking event that I'm a part of. Like I can reach people way beyond that. And that's really what the podcast allowed us to do. I mean, we've got a a worldwide audience, and we've been able to interview people that, quite honestly, shouldn't give us the time of day because they got a lot larger platforms than we do, mm -hmm. but it's been amazing because they are giving so much value to our audience and honestly to us as well. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So I, I really, I appreciate the people that are putting in the effort to creating podcasts because we know the hustle. Like it's hard to be consistent. Oh, it, it is very hard to be consistent. And you know, I, I, like I said, I paused. It is harder to start back up again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so don't pause. Just keep it going. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you feel like podcasts can help with building thought leadership? I mean, are you suggesting podcasts <laughs> to your clients as well? Um, it depends. So we we uh, it depends on the client. So you know, we, I talked about research a lot, and one of the things we go really deep in is to helping our clients better understand their customer. So if their mm -hmm. ideal customer are heavy podcast listeners, then yes, it makes sense. But, you know, sometimes, especially in the manufacturing space, these people are are not active on social media, not active podcast listeners, and there's other channels that we recommend. But um, for thought leadership, 100% am a fan of podcasting. And the biggest challenge that I see is that consistency thing that we just talked about. So what I recommend typically to get started is to just try to be a guest on other shows first to start mm -hmm. at least building that content, sharing your message with other people's established audiences. And then once you get into that groove and feel comfortable doing it, that's when our clients, um, we switch to having their, ha let them have their own show. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I really yeah. like the idea where you're doing a podcast in that vertical. I mean, that from an agency perspective is brilliant, right? Like mm -hmm. what better way to reach that audience? That's something we've been talking a lot about. We're, we're in a little bit different of a place than you in terms of we've always been more focused on kind of that blanket, like just kind of whoever came to us. Mm -hmm. And we've really kind of realized over the last couple of years, like we've really got to narrow our focus. Like what is an industry that we've served a lot of, or we have a lot of experience in, or what is an industry that we feel like we could deliver a lot of value in? So that's like, that's obviously an area of opportunity for us is like 
maybe kind of narrowing our our sights a little um just because it's so hard to and i think this goes to anyone listening to the show whether you're an agency owner or a business owner is when you're trying to reach everyone it's really hard to reach anyone right yeah because all of my marketing and communication that i'm putting out there is generic like mm-hmm. to you know like generic seo tips generic marketing tips generic you know social media tips it's like yeah, but you're not talking to anyone. You're not speaking mm-hmm. someone's language and the lingo that they like. And so that's been like a big, big conversation around our agency lately is like, okay, what agency, like which, where do we pivot? You know, like which, yep. Yep. which industry do we, do we focus on? And that's obviously a scary thing. I think for a lot of businesses to like, they think that they're cutting clients out and I don't mm-hmm. think that that has to be what it is. Mm-hmm. No, know, it's just and, more focused. and that's why I, I say this when people say, what industries do you work with? I say we actively target industrial manufacturing Mm -hmm. space but we still i mean we've got you know sports teams we've got um health and you know insurance we've got attorneys i mean it's broad yeah but Mm -hmm. our messaging does push to that audience Mm -hmm. yeah did you were you kind of always focused on that no manufacturing (laughs) i was in your shoes about you know about 10 years mark like okay i know i need to niche down but that is scary as all hell. I mean, it's scary. it is scary. But that's when I realized that light bulb moment of like, it doesn't mean I have to say no to yeah. everything that doesn't fit in this little box. It just means this is where we're positioning ourselves as experts in this space. Yeah. But other people the, can still Was that the comment. first one you picked or did you go through multiple? <laughs> did you? I, I went through, I went through a handful actually. Um, and I kept circling back to manufacturing. And it came down to uh, my dad worked in manufacturing shops. So like I grew up visiting, you know, tool and die shops, seeing big machines. And personally, I love going on facility tours and just seeing how shit is made. made. I think that's so cool. (laughs) And one of the biggest things I realized is these amazing manufacturers are doing a terrible job telling their story. 100%. And they do such cool stuff. So yeah. that's my mission. Help that's them tell really their cool. story better. I like that. Yeah, that's been, I feel like we're at the same, the 10 year mark. We're at the same place. <laughs> and I'm so afraid to pick which category. Cause it's like, do I build a new website? Do I, do I strip my website down and start it all on one industry? It's like, that's terrifying because it's like, especially the reality is our company's name is a little just, I don't know, bold and funny, beefy marketing. <laughs> uh-huh. And so it's like beefy marketing the premier source for wedding venue websites. It's like, yeah. what? It's quite compute. Like, it just doesn't, like, it doesn't sure. make sense, yeah. right? Now, beefy marketing makes sense for manufacturing. It might make sense in sure. the food and, you know, food space or yeah. whatever. But that's where I get kind of, me personally, I get kind of tied up. Is like, okay, well, what if I wanted to focus on healthcare? Does beefy marketing appeal to healthcare, the healthcare industry? Mm. I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like it would. So there's definitely been a lot of learning and, you know, pain in the agency stage of like, okay, what? Where do we go from here? How do we how do we pivot? Again, the word we're not supposed to use. I actually <laughs> I don't mind the word pivot. I feel like that's one of my future books too, because I think pivoting is a good idea. But um how do you think your your passion for sports, your passion for, you know, the hobbies that you love, like beer and wine and all of those things, how do you feel like those influence the way you work with your clients? Or do you think that it impacts oh, the way you work totally with totally does? Um, I mean, I just I'm real and authentic to the, you know, as far as I absolutely can be and just the 
talking about my hobbies and my passions publicly on social channels, in in podcasts. I mean, that's how you make connections with people, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I love biking. I'm not good at it, but um, I, if I talk about like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing a 30 mile ride this weekend, you know? And then it's like, oh, I also like biking, you know? And it just has, opens the door for the conversation. Yeah. The hockey thing always cracks me up because, I mean, you even said it, like, that's badass. Like, everyone yeah. <laughs> everyone comments on that. And I think it's hilarious. People will introduce me, like, professionally. This is Lori Hybe. She plays hockey. It's not like she owns a marketing agency. <laughs> yeah, she's, it's, she, she plays, plays hockey. hockey. I'm like, I'm not even good. I just <laughs> love it. Like, but everyone just... So I think it just kind of brings a level of like, hey, I'm a real human being. I have things right. I do outside of work that I am super passionate about. Um, I'm not afraid to talk about them. And it, it's I'm playing with my little hockey puck here, actually, if you can see it. It says yeah. goal-driven um, marketing strategy. So this is a little stress ball. Sorry, I just That's I awesome, throw that I out love there. <laughs> um, yeah, so why not lean into it? So I take my sport i love and it's our promotional gadgets trinkets mm -hmm. in the office yeah that's so cool yeah i think that yeah. definitely those personal things make it a lot easier to be more relatable with people mm -hmm. you know like and honestly like as a good salesperson or business development person you kind of have to find those things too totally. like you mm -hmm. have to you have to look at the things on somebody's desk or look at the things on somebody's wall and say like mm -hmm. oh okay i see that that person's got a picture on their desk with their kid playing tennis. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me use this experience. And I think that's where, in my opinion, I kind of pivoting, right, obviously in our conversation around sales right now, but I think that that's where a lot of agencies struggle in their deliverability and their sales processes. They don't know how to be authentic. They don't know how mm -hmm. to build rapport. And if you can't do that, the, honestly, the sales cycle and the whole sales process becomes pretty cold, mm -hmm. right? Or, or very, um, I remember very distinctively, I worked with this company who, who we, they needed us to do a full overhaul, rebrand and everything. And I was like, so what's your sales process look like? It was a manufacturing company. And they handed me this binder, <laughs> legit a binder that their salespeople just walk through with the prospect. Oh, and I'm just boy. like, that is brutal. Like Eesh. nobody wants that. Like no. you're wasting mm -hmm. their time with things that they don't need. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really like that you're able to, you're able, you're able to find those things to, to find success. You know, for me, again, I don't have a lot of hobbies, so I struggle there. <laughs> you know, my hobby was graphic design and now that's my job. I, my hobby was web design. Now that's my job. So I'm still trying to figure out what those hobbies might be, you know, so that I can relate a little bit more. Um, I'm not as athletic as I would like to be. We have a lot of athletic clients. I'm sure if, since you do those long bike rides, you, you probably are familiar with David Goggins and some of those people. Mm, no. <clears throat> He's like an ultra marathoner. I don't know if you've ever looked him up. He's like this guy that like runs like he wakes up and runs like 60 miles. Oh, like Running mm -hmm. is something I don't do. Just You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand runners. It doesn't How did you sense. get Sorry. into the, the biking thing? How did you get into that? Was that just like, again, because you were looking for something fun to do or activity? Or Yeah, well, I needed like hockey obviously is like very specific times that you do it. I mean, yeah. I, I do it year round, but um, it's like, yeah, Saturday at nine o'clock at night, you know, where so it's like a controlled thing. I needed another activity um from a health exercise standpoint that i enjoy doing and i mean biking i can do whenever i want on my time on my schedule um mm -hmm. i tried running and that was like hell to know um yeah biking is something that I, I definitely found i enjoyed so i've just been learning and 
doing and challenging myself to do better and be better. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. That's that's really cool. And golf so, is the other thing I'm totally addicted to right now. Are you good at it? <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> hobbies. These are hobbies. Okay. You don't have to be good at hobbies. That's what I'm learning today. Okay. Yes. Is, is my acceptable poop? to be terrible at hobbies? John, John, where's my poop trophy? <laughs> I, oh, where is it? We do I, have a trophy from a golf tournament. I, <laughs> I um, there's a nonprofit here in the Houston area who reached out and they were like, "Hey, we had a a team." that was like like a donated team to play in this tournament. Yeah. I had never played golf in my life <laughs> ever, ever like top golf, like, you know, like just yeah. like a driving range is like my career high. And it was terrible even at that point. And so we, we went out there and we played and we obviously lost very badly. Like, I think we showed up to the award ceremony 30 minutes late. So it was like, <laughs> it was bad, but we actually won this little poop, like poop emoji. <laughs> trophy that actually says at least you tried (laughs) so so i am a champion just not in the way that i would like to be i actually really i thought it was therapeutic and i thought it was fun to be out there your nature do you walk or do you like get in the golf cart uh it depends if it's nine holes and it's a short course then i'll walk it if it's 18 then i'll take the cart how long have you been playing golf oh probably about 20 years not good not good i'm just just You're like, one of those people. You're one of those people that hustle somebody out of the no. I know it. <laughs> 20 years. I'm terrible. No, yeah, no. no. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking lessons right now because I want to be better at it. Okay. Have the lessons been helpful? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Get someone that up. knows what they're doing to tell me all the things I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Are, you having to, are you having to unlearn a lot of bad form and decisions? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that takes time, but sure. then it's like, you know, it's definitely a, a, a mental game. Like, okay, I got to do this and this, like stand up this way, hold it this way, like, and swing. Like, there's all these things that I'm going yeah, through, stuff, like, yeah. um, but it's, if I want to get better at it, that's what I got to do. So, yeah, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. You need some hobbies, though. I'm going to challenge you to like, you need to find three things outside of work that you're not going to turn into a business mm-hmm. that <laughs> bring you joy. <laughs> And, and don't even, I would say, don't even be afraid to just like do something super random. The next thing that someone asks you to like, hey, let's go golfing. Just say yes. Just do All right. it. Whatever it is. All right. I'll accept. I'll accept the challenge. Cool. I'll do it. Awesome. I will take the challenge. I have a question for you. In your bio, obviously, we talked about the fact that you work with clients. Every agency owner does. But it, you also have in your bio that you help agency account executives. Can you talk a little bit about that? How do you actually work with other agencies? Yeah, great question. So there's an organization called the Agency Management Institute. I've been Mm -hmm. part of that organization for nine years now. You guys are familiar with it? You guys on your heads a little bit? Um, (laughs) So, so you know, Drew then? Drew McClellan? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's rock star. So um, he contacted me two years ago. Uh, I've been part of their, um, I'm in one of their um, like owner groups. Yeah. Um, so I, I've known him for a while and he, he said that, you know, his, his organization's growing, um, and he's trying to take some things off of his plate. And one of the things he was thinking about is the AE boot camps. Um, and he asked if I wanted to teach him because he knows I love to teach. Um, so yeah, so I go to Denver four times a year and teach the advanced AE boot camp and the AE boot camp workshops. That is really cool. Now, is it designed for Agency owners, agency employees, or kind of any stage of it's, the it's agency. The, um, usually, it's the like the account coordinator, account manager type roles, account okay. executive. Yep. So it's the That's people right. that are 
are in the day-to-day stuff, teaching them how to do their job better. That's amazing. So obviously our audience is weirdly mixed between agencies that are sneaky, trying to learn stuff. (laughs) And then, you know, which you're cool with. And our other audience is obviously business owners. But Mm -hmm. how does an agency know when they need to, I guess, seek help? Like when it's time to like maybe be involved with something like AMI, like when do you know it's like, okay, you're at a crossroad where like you could use a little bit of support? I would say every agency should always have an opportunity to meet with someone. No one's perfect. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you think you've got all the answers figured out, you're full of yourself. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And um, you're missing out on a lot of opportunity to learn. So I, I preach this in and out. I mean, Drew should probably give me like some stipend here for giving right. all these raving the reviews promos. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but joining the, the mastermind, the round table was like the best thing I ever did for my business. You know, I'm That's awesome. in a room with a dozen agency owners twice a year. We just got back from our February meetup. We do February and August. We were in the Bahamas for a week. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we share our wins, our losses, our challenges. We bring ideas to the table. Um, and even though I see these people twice a year in person, like I talk to them weekly, we text. If I, if I had a crisis situation, you know, any one of them would stop what they're doing immediately to help me out. And I would do the same thing for them. Like, it's like a family. That's really cool. Yeah, that's been something I feel like I have lacked in my tenure as an agency owner. I've done masterminds and they've been good. I wouldn't say great. Um, There was there was definitely great moments, right? Mm -hmm. Like I won't discount the experiences I had in those in those groups. It was just more of a thing where we were all a little too unequally yoked in the sense that like someone was like at the start of their business and someone was like way ahead and then Mm -hmm. someone was in the middle and it's like yeah, it's good to have some level of balance. But it's really hard to have conversations about hiring your next five employees when the guy beside you is just a one-man operation. Like sure. they just mm-hmm. you're not talking in the about the same problems and, and yeah. pain points. And so that was something actually that this year I kind of sat down and talked to the team about was like, we haven't invested in ourselves ever. Like yeah. ever, ever. Like we we focus on our clients, we we invest in equipment, we invest in technology, mm-hmm. we invest in our mm-hmm. people, but we don't invest in like the agency as a whole, right? Like whether that's like new best practices or, you know, like story brand certifications with Don yeah. Miller or like yeah. any of those different things, mainly because the price tags are usually pretty beefy. They're like, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars like mm-hmm. entry level, and you're like, that's a lot of money. But if you take that over a 12 month period, it's like, eh, it's not, it's not that much. Like yep. when you think about what you should be spending from a marketing perspective or mm-hmm. anything else for business development. So what would you say? to agency owners and businesses who are not willing or not comfortable spending money to develop themselves betterly. Betterly? That's not a word. More betterly. Better. No. <laughs> More better. <laughs> um, yeah. I am a huge believer in you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of other people, whether that's personally or professionally. So that's, you know, the business, the organization. If you're organization is not healthy, how are you going to be able to take care of other people? Um, Just like yourself, you know, and and this is where I've made this investment in taking care of myself personally over the last probably year and a half, two years. I mean, you know, COVID did a number on all of us mentally, physically, whatever. Um, And I can see how taking care of myself personally has had a huge positive impact in my business and how I'm able to take care of my employees and my clients and everything else. So no different than 
on a personal level, put yourself first, you got to do that with your, your organization as well. I mean, like with our, with, with Keystone Click, um, we, we treat ourselves as a client. You know, we have a project in the system for redoing our website, for our marketing and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there's other things that we're constantly evolving. Um, so once a month, we have what I call a get shit done day. And mm, it's the first that. Wednesday of every month. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, it used to be the entire day is dedicated to only working on Keystone Click. That's, you know, evolving a process, you know, fixing, cleaning the files up, whatever it is. And then it's like, well, workload is critical. We have some tight deadlines. So now I just say minimum two hours of your day has to be dedicated to getting shit done in the business. Uh, and that's been huge. That's how we've been able to like progress and evolve and, and take things to that next level. I'm going to steal that. Go yep. for it. We've been loosely talking about the idea that we needed to do like, um, I can't remember what they called them. I used to work at Apple and there was these things called like hackathons mm-hmm. where basically they'd come in for like three or four days straight, like round the clock. And they would just focus on like solving one major problem or mm-hmm. one big thing. It was like these hack hackathons. And it's like, I've, I've, toyed with the idea of doing something similar for our business not four days like people yeah. hate me around here but just like one solid day of like let's work on processes let's improve something in mm-hmm. our business because we talk about it all the time right it's like mm-hmm. oh we really need to dial that in we really need to do that it's like we talk about that every we'll month just we'll get it done it. just yeah. do it like, yeah. just do it we all are capable of doing yep. it we just sit down and do it that's, yeah that would be really a, good. a good process for after onboarding a new client when we have deliverables at that point it would be a good idea to kind of reevaluate how that whole process went at that point yeah i feel like that's that is definitely a constant struggle of like okay that went really well or that went really terrible yeah. like, what All can right. we do to what yeah. can we do to improve that totally what what have what have been some tools systems processes that you feel like you've implemented in your agency that have just leveled up your experience so great question are you familiar with traction no eos which is the entrepreneur operating system the book is called traction the the system the tool tools um uh i mean the the whole like philosophy is really for larger organizations so i took my own version of it and it's on it i did i just read this book yes actually i was like i was like this sounds familiar yeah (laughs) yeah fantastic um so yeah, I, I, the biggest thing that we do now is like quarterly, we, I have, um, I call it like a state of the business meeting. I get the whole team together cause I've got a couple remote folks. I fly them in. Um, I think it's really important that even remote people like still have face to face time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a half day. Like I say, here's, um, here's how we did this quarter. Here's the goals for the next quarter. I get, everyone gets a little five minute, you know, time slot to sh- kind of share what they worked on the last quarter talk about what their goal is for the next quarter. Um, and then we do um, like a fun team building activity, you know, like go to last time we went to like some arcade bar type thing, which was fun. Nice. Um, I think this time this quarter I'm looking at doing a like improv comedy workshop with everyone, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, just fun. something fun yeah. and different. Um, but doing that I think is so important because it forces everyone to step back from the day to day Really mm-hmm. evaluate the big picture. Get make sure everyone's on the same page for the objectives that we're trying to achieve within the business. But it's also a good like storytelling sharing time because you know the developers aren't always working alongside the the you know social media mm-hmm. content producers. And it's like, hey, you guys, you're on the same team. Let's let's mm-hmm. celebrate um, the wins each other had. So that's been huge. Um, that's I've been really doing cool. That. 
six, seven years now, I bet. Do you follow it loosely or do you follow the EOS system like pretty rigidly? Oh, loosely, loosely. I mean, loosely. That, that, that system is built for larger organizations and I just kind of pulled the nuggets that resonated with me and then molded them to the way I wanted to do it. Because, you know, awesome, as, yeah. a, as a business owner, you, you start your business because you want to do things your way. <laughs> Not yeah, someone else's way. Unhired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when I downloaded, I read that book and then obviously they have like a bunch of free tools that oh, they yeah. mentioned. And so I downloaded a bunch of them and I remember looking at them and being like, I don't know how this applies to me per se, but some of it I remember looking at and being like, oh, this is really cool. So that's mm -hmm. why I asked if it was like something that you like figured out how to, you know, leverage the full thing or if you kind of had to like distill it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried all of the things and then I'm like, eh, it doesn't work for us and just kind of, yeah. you know, hold the nuggets that, that makes sense and, and stuck with that. Yeah, I have this giant, I just, now that you said it, like I literally searched my computer for EOS and it's like, I have a whole folder of all oh, this stuff. I mean, they have a ton of, ton of nuggets of information. Yeah, it was, it was a great book actually. I think it was my, uh, my wealth advisor um, who gave me the book and mm -hmm. said like, you really need to read this. It's going to be, make a huge impact. And it, it did. It will, it will. It was just a lot. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. like, where do I start? Now what? You know, now where mm -hmm. do we go? That's, that's really amazing. Uh, I think if, if I take anything away from this episode, it is that community mm -hmm. in your industry is extremely important, whether For it's building sure. building your community to grow your business or if it's mm -hmm. building your community to have accountability and to to grow and to be able to make changes like that. That's my big takeaway is like I need to do better about investing in some of that internally for our, our mm -hmm. agency. And like you said, I think we had a client tell or a guest on the show a couple of weeks back say, you know, what do they say whenever, you know, the masks drop down on the airplane? You have to put it on yourself first yep. before you put it on mm -hmm. anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, I definitely like that. I also like that you're challenging me to get out of my comfort zone, maybe try mm -hmm. some new hobbies that are not revenue generating, even though that sounds way more fun. <laughs> my hobbies are making money, okay? Here's the deal. All right. We like to wrap every episode up with a business growth hack, something that you feel like the people that are listening to this show, whether it's a business owner, whether it's an agency owner, something they can implement today that's going to help them grow their business. Hacks! <laughs> All right, Lori, what oh you got for God, us? Oh my God, there's so On many. On the spot. So many. Um, help them. You know, I'm just going to go, what I'm going to preach is like what I've learned by interviewing up to like close to 400 people on my social capital podcast about networking. Because it's, Business is all about relationships. And I've, I've learned like there's three basic golden nuggets, I want to call it. I don't know. I need to like find a sexier name for that. <laughs> um, that really uh, kind of is what I live by. But I think it's the critical components of nurturing, building, fostering, growing relationships. Um, number one is just be your authentic self. Because if you're fake, people can smell that a mile away. And you're going to attract the type of people that want to hang out with you if you're being you and true to yourself. Second is um, give first. So whenever you're meeting with someone or connecting, like be the first person that's offering something of value to that person because it's going to resonate with them. And the third thing is to follow through. If you're going to say, hey, I'm going to introduce you to this or I'm going to lend you this book or whatever, like actually do the thing that do you it. said you're going to do because otherwise you're leaving a really bad first impression. Yeah. That's that's great advice. Yeah, I is. I would like to add to that. I got some advice a couple years ago that at first I thought was this guy being pretentious, but now that I'm where I'm at in my, the kind of my journey, he basically said that a lot of people approached him and say, "Well, what can I do to help you?" because they wanted that 
proximity. They wanted to be close to what he was doing and mm-hmm. the growth he was having. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? He's like, he's like, I'm not trying to be rude by saying, don't come to me asking me what you can do to help me, but come to me with a solution. Mm-hmm. Come to me and help me, like truly help me. And I had a conversation actually earlier this week where someone was like, do you think I could do this, 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 and this, and this? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, what are the next steps? And he was like, oh, well, I'll just do it. And it's like, well, then just do it. Like, why do we have to have an hour conversation <laughs> yeah, to yep. do it? So I think that, that that is number one. If you can just deliver value to someone out of the gate, why would I not give you my For time? Sure. Yep. Why would I not? Like, it's the power of reciprocity. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you that time because you did something that took something off my plate and you saved me time. And time is something I do not have a lot of right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's super amazing. Well, this has been a fun conversation. I like that it was very casual and we didn't get any, you know, one specific topic per se. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe pretty loose, but I think that, you know, it offered a lot of value for me and I hope it does the same thing for the listeners. What is it that we can promote for you? What do you got coming up? Can we support your, yeah, whatever it is. T- tell us about oh, it. Oh man. Oh, we got too many things coming up. So I would just... we'll take them all. <laughs> um, we do webinars monthly, you know, so if you just go to keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars, you're going to see all the awesome stuff that we're, we're tackling, um, mm-hmm. from an educational standpoint. Uh, I'd say the best thing that I'm going to push is to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Lori Hybe. I publish pretty much daily value add content um, and promote whatever cool shit we have going on. Nice. All right. We'll make sure we'll put all the links Mm -hmm. in the description, in the show notes, so you guys can find it really easy. No excuse to not follow Lori on LinkedIn because all you have to do on your phone or on your computer is tap that link, make it happen. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the show. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.